0: listening to the traditional outdoors podcast
1: this episode of the traditional outdoors podcast is sponsored by true north eras true north eras has developed the archery industry's best environmentally safe products to stain crown dip crest and clear finish your wood carbon and aluminum arras. Their products are industrial and exterior grade to give you the toughest finish on the market, plus the True Waterborne technology will give you professional results without the odors of solvent-based products of yesteryear. For cresting, True North has classic as well as vintage colors available in cresting paints and crown dip, and there's even metallic cresting paint available for those who really want to set their arrows apart from the crowd. And if you're a carbon arrow shooter, then check out their carbon cleaner. And there's also a carbon primer available to make your carbon and aluminum arrows resemble wood shafts. Now, I used to build a lot of custom arrows, and I've known Joe Callahan at True North for many years. His products for custom arrows are second to none. So be sure to check out his website. And while you're there, also look for the free how-to videos that Joe has made available there. Lastly, if you're not an era builder yourself, that's okay too, because Joe even sells fully built custom eras as well. So just head over to www.truenortharrows.com and have a look for yourself. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I'm joined again tonight by my good friend, Mr. Nick View. I hadn't seen you since Compton's, buddy. How's it going?
0: Oh, it's going, man. It's, uh, it's real hot here right now um and we really haven't been doing a whole lot at all other than uh we we got a camper and we've been prepping that for GLLI and um been doing a little bit of fishing but not a whole lot um lots of rain and lots of heat and yeah that's that's really about it man just some uh I was in Kentucky over 4th of July visiting my in-laws and I did a little bit of sunfish fishing there in their pond and otherwise outdoors it's been null. <laughs> what about you, man?
1: Well, I, I, I did get to spend some time outdoors, but it was, so we, uh, took family on the family vacation, uh, with Bella, uh, graduating high school this year. I, I, we wanted to do something kind of special for her. So, uh, first two week vacation, I guess we've ever taken, but I actually worked, um, one week from, uh, the condo, so I, I, you know I was staring out at the ocean but I was I was working and then you know the week uh, after the fourth it was family vacation and uh, we, I mean it was nice we had a lot of fun it was really relaxing uh, the only downside was we stayed at a place we had never stayed at before uh, and there was a, a little drainage river uh, really kind of a large creek one of the inlets into the um, estuaries there and it was right behind where the, the condo was so uh i really regretted not carrying a fly rod just to get out there and play around i don't know that i could have caught anything but i could have sure swatted some water if i if i had just brought one with me but
0: yeah uh, um i, I it, did i will say that uh when we were at compton scott spray brought me a three-way glass rod that he that he turned and let me borrow it and uh i learned how to uh learn how to cast that um that's been a lot of fun I love that throwing I've been throwing poppers and dries and and uh I tried to nymph nymph with it but that didn't work as well for me um but no, that was the first day but it's man it's, it's a sweet little rod for dries and poppers um it was different and I and I, I tell you you've been telling me to get a glass rod and try it but yeah I, every fish I've caught out of that thing has felt like a monster
1: well <laughs> part of that's the three weight too but yeah yeah they're a lot of fun
0: but once you get, once you get that that little delay in the cast there and and you know the slower action man they're sweet i really like it i'm enjoying it
1: well i'm i'm actually uh saturday i've committed saturday to uh going down to the the property that you hunted with me down in middle georgia um i've got some cameras that i put out down there back in i guess uh, probably early January that I haven't touched. It might have been February, but anyway, it's been a long time. I haven't even set foot on the property. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go down there and, and swap out camera uh, memory cards and replace batteries and do a little trim work around some of my stands. And I think I'm going to carry that three weight and see what I can pull out of that little pond, you know overlooking that the stand that you hunted the most while you were there. I uh, was overlooking. I've I've never fished in it. And others fish in it, but I've never tried it. So I think I'm gonna. I haven't fished in a pond in forever, and sure haven't done it with a fly rod. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little fun while I'm down there uh, too. Well, so
0: watch the cows now. Be careful around uh, them cows.
1: The cows better watch me. I like that <laughs>
0: And that was still funny. Last I, I still remember that day we were hunting there, and you were like, well, "You see those cows? Don't shoot the cows. They're don't. not pigs.
1: <laughs> don't shoot the cows." And, they're, and I'm not going to start to say they're not they're not another animal, but i <laughs> yeah, that. About, let's not mind. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that one to ourselves. But, but yeah, I'm looking forward to going down there. I haven't I haven't uh, really done a lot of scouting at all, uh, this year, just for various reasons. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the mass crop looks like down there. Um, look at some of the, you know, the, the known, uh, travel corridors that I've, I've used and hunted in the past and just kind of develop a plan. None of the, none of the stands that I used last year, uh, were moved. I do think the one, uh, that you hunted over on that secondary track, um, along the Creek drainage, I think I'm going to move that stand, um, since, you know, you hunted it, uh, I know you hunted it once. I can't remember if you hunted it twice or not. And I hunted a couple of times and just didn't have any luck there. So. Uh, I'm going to move that one, but the rest of them have produced. So I'm pretty much just going to check and make sure I don't need to trim anything up and leave them just as they are. Yeah. It's so, a cool property, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but, um, we haven't, we haven't talked since, since Compton's, uh, we've been running on, you know, the episodes that we recorded there and all of those were a lot of fun to do. And then I do want to mention, we just dropped the episode with, with Tom Jurgensen after, uh, he came back from his Australia hunt. He and I sat down and chatted about that. If you haven't listened to that one, you definitely should go back and listen to it. It was a great episode. Uh, but my, my friend, Jerry Russell, um, you, did you meet Jerry while you were down here or not? I, can't I remember. slept
0: under the same roof as Jerry.
1: That's right. And he you. was here. Yep. You're exactly <laughs> Right. I can't. I I can't remember who meets who. Uh, whenever you know, going to all these different. Yeah, we so we even forth, ate
0: dinner with with Jerry's son too. We that's to right, the with Jerry and
1: Luke. We went to the waffle My house. My first that's waffle right. house I experience. About that. Was with Jerry. So, <laughs> Jerry, uh, I picked up the phone this morning and called Jerry about a couple other things that I needed to talk to him about. One about the uh, the lease on those properties and and a potential hog hunt, but. Um, One of the first things he said when he answered the phone was he he listened to his very first podcast episode ever today. And it was the traditional outdoors episode with uh, Tom about his Australia hunt for Asiatic buffalo. And the key part about that is he is actually planning a hunt uh, in Australia for Asiatics in 2020. Now, I don't have all the details, but I do know that it is it is planned for 2020. It's going to be four hunters, if I remember Jerry correctly, and he's looking for one more hunter. So if you're listening to this and you're serious about possibly wanting to do an Asiatic buffalo hunt in Australia in 2020, uh, reach out and contact Jerry and let him know. He, he is hopeful he can find another traditional bow hunter, but uh, Jerry's more concerned about finding the right person to participate in the hunt, regardless of weapon. So um, if you're thinking about it, you'd like to go, but you'd really rather really carry a rifle, uh, it's still okay. Reach out and, and, and touch base with Jerry. Uh, you can email Jerry at stickbowjerry.com. That's uh, S-T-I-C-K-B-O-W-J-E-R-R-Y at Hotmail.com. If you would prefer to talk to him by phone, then I'm not going to put his phone number out here, but you can shoot me an email uh, either at podcast at traditionaloutdoors.com or bowhunterga at gmail.com, and I will get you Jerry's number uh, through email. I just, I don't want to make that, that public, but I think it'll be a great opportunity. If you're, if you're something you've been considering, uh, Jerry's a fantastic guy. He's a, he's a, he's a great guide. He's a great hunter period. I've never hunted with him as a, as a a guided hunter. Uh, I may in the future, there's a couple of things. He also has a fantastic bear camp. He runs up in Canada and Tom and I both are thinking about possibly doing that next year. Uh, but to date, I haven't, but I've hunted, I've hunted around him and, and been around him enough to know that he knows what he's doing. So, uh, you won't go wrong by, by reaching out to Jerry. Um, one other piece of, of quick housekeeping, and then we're going to get to our guest who is patiently waiting on me to finish jabbering here. Uh, so if you haven't seen, um, we have, uh, come out with a, a shirt for the podcast, uh, we've got two different shirts. We've got a green and a gray. We had them at Compton's. Thank you to everyone who purchased one at Compton's. Uh, we had, I had several people pick up a few shirts yesterday at our local North Georgia Traditional Club, so to those people, thank you as well. But they have been added to the website. It's a great way to show your support for the show uh, and look good doing it. They're quality, uh, 100% cotton gildan tees um the prices right they're not overly expensive i tried to buy a lot of shirts um just so i could get the price down where it's reasonable uh for everybody to purchase a shirt and it gives uh a, gives a little bit back to the show um for replacing equipment and so forth most of the hosting uh we cover with the the, the sponsors but uh I've had a few uh, people give me some feedback about some of the the crosstalk and some of the background noise that was picked up, you know, on the on locations at Compton's. The the mics that I have work really good if it's just two people and you're in a very quiet surrounding, but when you get that uh, a lot of background noise, it does get a bit cumbersome to try to clean all that up. And I've I've done a little bit of research. I found some mics that will work much better for that kind of setting and I really want to have them before uh, the next uh, on-location stuff we do, whether it's uh, the, the Caliba Zoo Expo, or maybe there might be something before them. But I know we're going to be doing more of those on-location recordings, and, and I really want to get some some better mics that's going to block out some of that background noise. And really, that's where um, the money from the shirts and so forth will come from. So if you go to the website, look for the merchandise tab, uh, click on it. you pay right through PayPal. If you uh, want to purchase a shirt and don't have, don't use PayPal and would like to range other means, uh, you, again, you can contact me just using podcast at traditional and I'll get you squared away and we'll get one on on the way to you. So with all of that out of the way, um, when we were at Compton's, we were lucky enough to have some some really great neighbors uh, with regards to our uh, where our, our booth was located under the big tent. Um, we had uh, Joe Callahan across from us, uh, who's always a riot. We had David and Tracy uh, Blowski at St. Joe's were uh, to our, our left, if you were standing in our booth. And then to our right, we had uh, our guest who's on the show today. I had not met this individual until we were at the rendezvous, but... Uh, spent some time talking to him and and decided right away we we wanted to get him on the on the show and introduce him to everyone listening and spend a little bit of time talking about uh, traditional archery bow making bow selling and maybe get into a, a little bit of hunting as well. But joining us tonight is Mister David Darling uh, of Kalamazoo bow Works. How's it going, David?
2: Oh, it's going well, Steve. Glad to glad to be on.
1: Well, we're we're glad to have you on. I I, I really appreciate you. Uh, working with us to actually you're you're sitting with Nick in person uh, which is a, a rarity we we've, we've only been able to do that a couple of times but it, it sure does make it a lot easier from a, a logistics perspective so I really I really do appreciate you going the extra extra mile to do that
2: hey not a problem I mean Nick's not that far from me so uh, it just seemed like it would be uh, more personal to do it this way too so
1: so I'm gonna I'm just going to jump in right away the first thing that kind of caught my I gotta be very careful how I say this, or I will really trip this up and and make people scratch their head. But I will go to your sign when I when I first looked at the banner that you had up in the booth. The first thing I noticed was the kilted boyer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to say the first thing I noticed was that you were wearing a kilt. That would have just been bad, and I don't want to stay. I want to stay away from that. Well, but, you know,
2: it's so, an, it's an eye catcher. So um. <laughs> it's it's different. I
1: you know, it's funny. There's there's. Uh, over the past, I would say four or five years, um, the the people wearing kilts to me, it, from my perspective, in the traditional community, is has increased somewhat. I mean, it, uh, you obviously uh, were wearing a kilt most of the weekend, if mm-hmm. not all. Um, uh Derek Sheehan good friend of mine uh wears a kilt quite regularly and I think he had one on at the uh the rendezvous if he didn't this year I know he did last yeah,
2: year. yeah I've seen quite a few um, of them floating around mm-hmm. um I know Joel Turner's uh, rocking a kilt these days yeah um and then uh the gentleman from wild things he always uh he always worked oh yeah. as
1: well yeah and I was getting ready to mention Andrew. Yeah. He, uh, he would wear them around, around camp all the time. And I, you know, it's, it's, I really hate it. I never got to share a Compton's rendezvous with Andrew. Um, he, the year, the year he passed away, he was supposed to come and had to have surgery and, uh, had to back out. So yeah. I never got to share that experience with
2: him. No. And, uh, it's funny cause the first time that he and I met, uh, it, it was because of kilts. I was wearing my, you know, I'm wearing a kilt at Compton and he's like, Hey, you know, you're wearing a kilt. And, you know, of course we kind of hit it off and, and got the chatting. So he was a good dude. It's the uh, it's like
0: the motorcycle thing where you pass a motorcycle and you say you you just wave yeah yeah well, I'm a to jeeper too so you <laughs> got the jeep like you doors. got the jeep you now you got yeah. the kilt too kilt too so. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny but no I, actually <laughs> there kind of more and more people are showing up with them mm-hmm. so I think Derek's is a tactical kilt yeah I'm pretty sure he has several blades underneath of it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know it's kind of funny we joked around this and I, Derek will probably hear this and he might even give me a hard time about it but you know Derek's a big guy. He he really is it, it, there, Just from his physical size alone, he could put a world of hurt on you. But I, I, I tell I joke around with my wife and say he probably knows more ways to end your life than than <laughs> than you really want to even com- comprehend. But uh, yeah, David Derek's a nice guy. I I, I think the world of Derek. Um, he he's he shared uh, he shared that camp down in Andrews with me uh, three or four times now, and just just always a good time spending with, with Derek. So, so David, uh, you know, I guess let's just start out a little bit about, you know, uh, Kalamazoo Bow Works. How, how long have you been, uh, how long have you been making bows and, and, you know, where'd you, where'd you get your start? We'll just, and I'll let you just kind of jump in and give us a little background and then I'm sure Nick and I'll probably throw off a few questions at you along the way.
2: Okay. Uh, well, uh, so I've been in traditional archery since I was a pop. Uh, my dad put a longbow in my hands uh, when I was about three, and uh, so I grew up around it. I, I grew up and uh, grew with traditional archery. I guess you could say, um, being part of organizations and uh, my dad uh, was very involved. Uh, past president of Michigan Traditional Bow Bowhunters, uh, council member on Professional bow Hunter Society, uh, he was very involved with that kind of stuff. And so it allowed me the opportunity to to meet and befriend a lot of uh, a lot of great people and a, a lot of well, I guess we could say big names in traditional archery. Um, and kind of where the fire to start building bows started, uh was after my senior year of high school. Uh, that summer, I took a road trip uh, with a buddy of mine. We, we loaded up my old Chevy half ton and, and drove out west all the way to Boise. Uh, I think we took three weeks. And uh, on the way out there, we stopped at uh, the Robertson Ranch and got to hang out with Dick Robertson and Vicky and uh, y- Yvonne and Yana. Um, Yote was out at the time. but uh, So I got to spend some time in Dick's shop and uh, watching him make bows uh, really kind of lit a little bit of a fire in me. And uh, that that's really kind of where the bug started. Uh, I've never really had the tools necessary to uh, start building my own. Uh, hadn't i guess i should say uh, so you know it just kind of lit that ember and it just kind of sat there and glowed for a while and uh i think it was 2010 in kalamazoo um, i would become friends with bob morrison that like he'd skinned a couple of bows for me and he uh, and you know, i always had a good rapport with each other and uh, we were talking and he actually made an offer to me um that, uh, you know, it, it mentioned, I, I guess I shouldn't say really an offer, but he was looking for help in his shop and he thought that I would be a good fit. Um, and sadly at the time I ended up having declined just to decline the offer based on life situation. Uh, my wife was in uh, physician assistant school, just getting ready to start that. And, uh, the logistics of me moving to Ohio to work with him and, and her being in school up in Kalamazoo at Western Michigan university just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and I kind of kicked myself for that, but at the same time, it, uh, that, you know, there's a little puff of air on that, on that spark that got it going a little bit further. And, uh, you know, within the next couple of years, I was like, you know, I, this is something I really want to do. Um, but I didn't really know where to start. And, uh, and once again, you know, I still hadn't acquired the tools yet. You know, as every time I start to save a little bit of money to, to buy a bandsaw or, you know, drum sander or anything like that, you know, something would come up and that money would go elsewhere. And, uh, so I started looking and, uh, thinking about, you know, maybe seeing if there was a boyer that was, you know, maybe getting older or getting ready to retire that wanted to sell out. Um, and, uh, there's a a local boyer around here that I'd really, you know, did another one that I've got a great, great relationship with that. Uh, I actually went and spent some time with him in his shop and we talked about it. And, um, he ended up selling, but he just didn't think that the fit was right, um, to go to me, uh, with my young family. Uh, I've got four young children. Uh, my oldest is seven. My youngest is 19 months and we've got a fifth on the way now. Uh, just found out we're having a son, um, this afternoon.
1: Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. Yeah.
2: But, uh, so they, it, it was once again, you know, I was like, man, I really want to do that, but you know, Hey, it, it is what it was. And, um, it just happened to be, you know, I, on the Boyer's corner, I think on Facebook, it's a group and, uh, just on there learning and reading and that kind of stuff. And, um, it just happened. I was at work. I'm i I'm a paramedic by trade. And, uh, I, uh, I was at work one day and just scrolling through Facebook and scrolling through the Boyer's corner and, uh there's a guy, a boyer out in Utah selling all this equipment, you know, selling everything, liquidating it all. And, uh, you know, if you're interested, give me a holler. And I'm like, man, that's really, it seems like a really, you know, good opportunity. And I wanted to, wanted to message him, but I was like, man, I should, I don't know. And, uh, a couple of my buddies at work, they, uh, they're like, dude, at least message him, find out how much he wants for it. Cause I'm figuring, you know, he's probably more than I've got in the bank right now and, um, I just, you know, kind of looking at it negatively and I don't normally do that, but I messaged my wife and I talked to my dad and they were like, yeah. And I talked to my wife and she was like, yeah, go for it. Um, we'd, uh, we had a little bit of extra money at the time. And she's like, you know, it doesn't matter how much costs, just do it. And I'm like, well, heck, you know? So I messaged him and he came back with an offer. I couldn't refuse. Um, it, 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 good enough offer that I probably didn't need to talk to my wife about it. Um, so I, uh, I purchased all of his equipment, his forms, um, uh, a bunch of wood, a, a stock of lumber. Um, and, uh, then I immediately, uh, arranged for a one-way plane ticket out of Grand Rapids over to Salt Lake City. And I got a screaming deal on that. It was like the, the pieces just all fell into place for it. And, uh, and, uh, rented a Penske truck and, uh, then I, then the, uh, the chore was finding somebody that would go with me to kind of help me on the, on the journey, uh, splitting, driving. And then, you know, loading and unloading equipment. Um, and I tossed it out there on Facebook, you know, to some of my friends and it wasn't even five minutes later, I got a message back from my buddy, uh, tubby, Jonathan Lance. And, uh, he's like, dude, it's just perfect. I've got vacation this week. So my vacation starts if, uh, you know, I'll go. And I'm like, well, heck man, you're, he, and he'd taken that vacation specifically to hunt the rut. And, uh, he gave up four days of that to come help me with this. Man, that's so, a buddy there. It was, nah, uh, I'm serious. So yeah, we, we hopped on a plane and, uh, and drove up to, uh, Mark Smeltzer's place. Uh, he was uh, the owner of Bowmaker. Um, and I'd never heard of a Bowmaker, but, uh, Mark was a good guy. Um, is a good guy. He was getting out of the business cause, uh, some health issues. Um, and, uh. So yeah, I, we we went up there and exchanged exchanged money and handshakes and equipment, and uh, Tubby and I drove it back. And then it, it sat in my garage for about a month before I was able to get everything set up, and uh, I started building bows in December of twenty eighteen. So I've been doing it now wow. for uh, about eight months.
1: So now I'm 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 kind of glad that I didn't talk have this conversation with you at Compton's because this is this is this is really good the way this turned out so one i did not know this um and i want to come back to the bows in a minute but Mm -hmm. so i've known mark for not not i've never met him i've known him through facebook for many years i i knew that he went through some some health issues uh, and had to get out of the bow making business i did not know that that was where you picked up your equipment and got your start. So I want to come back to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not, but not only did I know him, I actually made all the Mark strings for, uh, the last couple of years that he made both.
2: Yeah. And as, uh, on that note, I need to talk to you about that. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> We can we can talk after this. You know it's funny how many uh, how many bowyers would rather make bows and just do not want to fool with making strings. Uh, you know the funny thing is, uh, Steve,
2: I've been making strings since I was I think fourteen, and I make a nice string. But at this point, it uh, it takes too darn long to twist strings up when I could be building bows, <laughs> and uh, so it's one of those. And, oh, I, and
1: that's the same thing that that Bob Brum said. Uh, I made strings for um, uh, Dick for a while, and I don't know. I know he had um, Dick Robertson. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I know he had uh, uh, he had been getting strings from somebody else, and they ran into some. If I remember correctly, they ran into some health issues. So he contacted me, and I made strings for him for a good while. And, you know, then that just, he hasn't, he hasn't placed an order for a while. So I'm assuming maybe their health improved and he went back to them. Well, I, I really don't know. Okay. But, uh, but he said the same thing, Bob Rums, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care to make, uh, the strings. He'd rather focus on bows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got another local boy, you hear, um, uh, Tony Ryder with drop time. I make mm-hmm. his strings and, and a couple of others and I've got a couple of others that have approached me, Um, and we've just kind of gone back and forth and just really haven't taken the time to, you know, finalize everything and and start making them. And to be honest, um, I'm really kind of worried about hunting season at this point because I've got so many string orders coming in and I'm once, once September rolls around, man, I don't want to do anything but sit in a tree. But, but yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's. That's wild. I, I, I really had, I did not expect that when you said Mark's name. So yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, it is a small Eddie.
0: world. You always think that this, this community yeah. is so, you know, so big or, you know, <laughs> everybody seems to know everybody somehow, Yeah, especially for yeah. social media. Yeah. And And
1: Mark made some absolutely beautiful bows. So that was, that was my next question. Uh, sorry, I cut you off there. No, no,
2: you're, you're fine. No, he made some absolutely Uh, beautiful bows and, uh, you know, and he left me with, you know, a lot of spliced veneer material and stuff like that. And a few risers that were glued up and ready to go, um, and the, the flared stuff, um, and I, I mean, those things are absolutely beautiful. But I've kind of picked up the pace, um, or I guess picked up the the torch on the on the, doing the flares and the risers and stuff. Uh, I haven't haven't really delved into making any of my own spliced veneers yet, but uh, that's that's coming.
1: Now, did or, so you're you haven't really changed anything. You're you're keeping the forms consistent at least for now, and just you know making the same uh bow that that mark was doing or are you changing anything up
2: oh i've changed a lot up as far as the form and the general uh the like the back profile of the bowl it is the same obviously uh, the, you're not really going to change a whole heck of a lot on the form um so you know the amount of reflex the amount of deflex in the tips uh, or reflex in the tips and deflex in the riser, are still the same um but when i got mark's recipes uh it was a, a single sheet of printer paper with some stack heights on it um He's like, you know, I really should have taken better notes. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, so it, it turned into, uh, you know, figuring out what I, you know, I, I know what I like and I like a really narrow limb, uh, narrow and, and deep, you know, hill style almost. And, um, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, the reflex, deflex, uh, longbows run a fairly lo- wide limb, um, a little wider riser. And that's something that's different with my bows is that I've gone to that kind of deeper core and, uh in a thinner or narrower riser, or not riser, limb. And uh, so my stack heights are completely different than Mark's. Um, And then I run a strip of uniweft through everything, and that's something that uh, not many people do, especially on longbows. But uh, with as narrow as my limbs are uh, on the longbows, especially with that um, deflex reflex style, uh, to have that uniweft in there gives it a little bit of extra torsional stability and uh, makes it a very smooth and, and quick bow.
0: Now for how now for how long you've actually been doing this. You're super knowledgeable. It sounds like did, did you did you how did you learn all this stuff? Did you did you actually because I know you said you went out to Dicks. Yeah. And that kind of lit the spark. But what kind of kept that going? You said you ran some forums and stuff, but did you take any classes with anybody or or anything apprenticeships or anything no, like that?
2: No, no apprenticeships, no no classes, just, you know, I, I I was listening to your guys's podcast the other day uh with Terry Green and uh it, talking about you guys being lurkers, and I'm I'm a lurker too. I'm a troll. I just read everything. I don't really comment a whole heck of a lot on stuff. So I just absorb it, and um, you know, and you know, I read the books. I, I've got the whole volume, you know, all four volumes of the traditional Boyer's Bible. But it, in all honesty, I, it, making laminated glass bows, I didn't really take a whole heck of a lot out of those. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's some good nuggets in there, but most of it's, you know, is all self bow stuff um and that was
0: actually my next question i was like did you try to do like me and get a red oak board and like try to whittle that down and make no. a terrible <laughs> no you know and
2: that's the funny thing like i've never been that interested in primitive stuff like that mm. i self bows really don't yeah, have any interest to me um mark used to make a uh, a boo back Osage and boo back to you uh bows and uh on, an, on another form that's a lot more mild with the uh, reflex and deflex um, but I don't really even have any interest in doing anything boobacked backed like that. I think I'm going to take that form and I'm going to lay up a, a, nice mild reflex, deflex all glass bow, um, and, uh, see where we go from there. So that's going to take some experimenting and, and cooking with, uh, you know, stack heights and that kind of stuff. But, um, cool. <clears throat> but yeah, no, no real, uh, no apprenticeships or anything like that, but, you know, I've got, a, it's, it's funny cause I've got a lot of friends that are boyers, um, and, and, you know, some of the bigger name guys and just, you know, talking with them and and just kind of absorbing that knowledge and and absorbing it for as long as I've been around them. And that's, you know, some of these guys, you know, I met Dick, I think in 99. So, you know, we're going on 20 years. I've been friends with Dick and and learning with him and and talking to him uh, whenever we get a chance to see each other. I mean, obviously the distance plays an issue, but, uh, yeah. So I just kind of, you know, pick stuff up and it, uh, yeah, it's
0: cool, man. Wow, jumped right in, huh? Both feet.
2: Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> my dad thinks I'm crazy, but uh, you know, I I figure if you're going to do it, you might as well go full 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 steam ahead. I uh, part, of, you know, my dad <laughs> and even me to an extent. I was like, oh, I'll just build bows for a couple of years and then see where it goes from there. You know, and get an LLC and just just so I have it, but you know, just kind of play around and, and mess around with stuff and. Then, uh, you know, so I started building those first bows and then I had friends like, so what, when you, when's your first show? You're going to be at Kalamazoo, right? I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be at Kalamazoo. You know, I'll be there, you know, hanging out like I normally am, but there's no way I'll have a booth. But, um, I, I set myself a goal to have a booth at Compton and, uh, I wanted to bring, uh, a dozen bows and, uh, I fell short of that goal. I, I did make it to Compton obviously, but uh, I think I brought eight bows total. Um, and, uh. And I miss weight on a bunch of stuff, but, uh, I wouldn't say a bunch of stuff, but some of the stuff came in a little bit heavier than I was expecting, uh, my recurve, uh, the one, the one recurve I was expecting, I was shooting for 55 and it came in at 63. I don't, I haven't, that's the heaviest I've gone so far. Um, okay. but my stack heights got jacked up, uh, on that because, uh, the first, uh, first recurve I built, I ended up really, really narrow on the limbs and that one's for, uh, John Doyle out in, uh, Boise. But, uh it came in at 40 and I widened my limbs up a little bit to add a little bit of stability to them. And, uh, and I built a, built a bow for my buddy Shad, uh, using that bear paw green glass, which is uh, kind of translucent, but, uh, and I knew that the bear paw, uh, comes in spines in a little bit lighter than the Gordon's glass. And I didn't think about that when I, uh, went ahead and did my stack height on the, the other recurve that I built. And, uh, So I built it up and I actually, I think it's 20,000ths thinner in the stack height and it came in five pounds heavier than Shad's bow. So, (laughs) um, but it is, you know, that's one of those learning things, you know, and, uh, you know, the difference between the the two types of glass and, uh, you know, that bear paw is really pretty stuff, but, uh, it, it certainly throws an extra wrench in there when you're trying to be repeatable in what you're doing.
1: Sure. Right. Well, and I'll be honest, David. I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, I, I'll, give me one second, and I'll I'll go right. No, back you to keep you. going, man. Um, I regret that I didn't really get to. You know, we we talked a little bit in passing uh, with all the we're trying to get all the the guests and recordings lined up, and the <laughs> other things that we were trying to do there. And there's some other things that I was talking to uh, Dennis Harper about uh, about the rendezvous next year and so forth. But anyway. I didn't get as much time to, to, to talk to you as I'd like, and I really would have liked to have have shot one of the bows. Hey, um, it's so I make
2: it's fine, man. Everybody's busy, and I know you guys were super busy with uh, running the podcast and all that stuff too. And I mean, heck, your booth was packed with people. I mean, there wasn't a time when I looked over there that you didn't have at least two or three people in there talking with you. So no no, yeah, big, no and there's I, a lot I'll of be people honest, i think like, we could have
1: changed a few things and and had even more yeah um but but yeah it was a learning experience it was the first first booth we had set up you know as the podcast so we learned we learned a little bit and we'll we'll make adjustments before the next one but i'm trying to get a picture of it in my head because there's uh most of the most of the rd style um longbows that that i've seen that i've shot and i own own a couple i'm more of a a uh, straight limb hill mm-hmm. guy, but I'm trying to get it in my, in my head. I, I would think the design would lend itself to being more stable than a, than a, a flat limb bow, just from the perspective of, I would think the limb, which is one of the reasons why I love a hill style bow is the limbs would be less more resistant to any kind of side to side twist or flex. If you were torquing the string, Contorting it? Do you do you see any of that? Does that play into your thought process, or is it just uh, am I am I building more into
2: it than it really? Is? It's they're actually less stable uh, because of the reflex in the tips. Um, like a uh, like a recurve. Uh, there's a lot. Um, it's funny. I, there's more work that goes into my recurves, and I've got uh, a one less lamb in those than goes into longbows, just because getting the limbs to track appropriately. Um, if it, because of that curve, it, it creates uh, more tension there, and it it doesn't always want to pull straight. So, you know, getting that getting that lined up so your limbs are tracking straight, and then with that you know with the reflex in a in, in a modern style longbow, um, you end up with the same issue. Um, I don't know what everybody else is running for, you know, limb widths, um, but I'll tell you on my uh, on my. My longer model, my Manistee, um, I offer that in 62, 64, and 66. That's uh, that's one inch wide at the fade-outs, and it goes up down to a half inch at the tips, um, which is at least an eighth of an inch narrower than anybody else that I know of. Um, most of them are running closer to uh, five-eighths, uh, I think, at the tips, and an inch and a quarter or so at the at the fade-outs.
0: Oh, wow. And that's pretty much... That's- pretty much an old style too, right? It's yeah. like old, like hill style bow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Like I said, it's, it, it's a really narrow, like hill style. Um, and, and actually, I, where I got that kind of, where I fell in love with that limb profile was in, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rocky Miller, um, heritage archery. Uh, he was real big back in the eighties. Um, and I think he got out in the, or in the early nineties, but his Bridger Mountain longbow, uh, it was a very mild reflex deflex. Uh I mean it looks like a D style when it's strung up, but uh, it's got a little bit of reflex in the tips. I I'd have to, you know, put a protractor on it or whatever. But uh I want to say there's maybe, you know, five degrees of, you know, deflex in the riser and, you know, just a couple more, you know, just enough to bring it back out even and then when it comes, you know, when it comes to uh when it's strong, it's it's D shaped. But he ran a really narrow um, and I want to say that I think it's an inch of the fade outs and, uh, half at the tips. Um, and I, so I kind of stole that belly profile or back profile from, from those because of how much I, I, liked that, that appearance on that bow. Um, I've got a couple of his bows and, and he actually ran a lot of, uh, a lot of lambs. At, and that's where I also, uh, part of where I got the fiberglass, I didn't run the left He ran fiberglass, um, and you know you know have his fiberglass as well, but uh he ran a fiberglass strip through all his long bows as well, uh for the performance aspect but uh all of those bows are i think seven lamb bows, seven or eight lambs uh five wood lambs, i think it, five wood lambs the uh the fiberglass lamp through the center of the limb, and then you know your back and belly glass, so um, just really made a very what I like to call a deep core limb, you know, very narrow profile and, uh, but thick limb. So.
1: So I, 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 I try not to do a lot of this when we have, you know, a a boyer on the show and talk about other bows and other boyers, but I am going to bring up one just because it's a personal experience and Mm -hmm. it does what I'm hearing from you tells me, I really wished I'd, I'd shot a few and I will do so the next time I see you. But so, um, greg coffee made a bow for me last well it's actually i got it this year uh early early march late february early march um he has a bow that he does he doesn't sell a lot of them he doesn't even advertise them um but it's it's called the american it's a it's a hill style bow and it has what it sounds like what you're talking about and it, it if you look at this bow it's it almost looks like a string follow until you get towards the end and it's got a little bit of reflex in, reflex in the tip. It's a, it just looks mm-hmm. different. Um, but when you string it, it is that you know that that D D shape, pro D profile. Mm-hmm. And I was I, I must admit I've been really pleased with how hard that bow shoots. Um, and I just, I would love hill style bows, yeah. period. Um, so, and I do want to, I do want to let you go through each one of your models, David, and no. talk about that. But now on this, the one that you just wrote was the one you were just talking about. again, The Manistee. Manistee. Yeah. As far as the, the grip on that, is that a, is it a locator style grip? Do you do a straight? grip on that or do you do whatever the whatever the the buyer wants
2: kind of whatever the buyer wants um my personal bowl uh, i made is for myself as a manistee and it's got a kind of a semi dish locator um I'm trying to think uh, something similar that everybody semi
1: dish like the like the profile you'd see like on a, a trophy hunter Schultz.
2: Mm, I you know I can't say it? that I'm super familiar with the Schultz Trophy Hunter, but uh, Nick can show you one. <laughs> <laughs> I got Steve's old one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like a Robertson uh, Primal stick or Vision. Um, okay. So uh, you know it's it's fairly it, it's not big like a hill style grip so it's got the it's but does have a little bit of semi dish to it um i wouldn't go full on locator but uh, it's got that dish and it gets that uh it gets the arrow rest like right on top of your finger so okay i usually call that is the
0: slight dish is like a coke bottle right yeah the coke bottle dish yeah yeah it just kind of just a real slight Mm -hmm. concave there um yeah, those are comfortable, too. I'm like Steve. I'm usually like more of a – when I shoot that kind of a bow, I'm usually a just a broom handle or the oval, yeah, the ovular grip. Um, the one on Steve's is just a He-Man grip. Mm-hmm. That thing is huge, and, <laughs> and I actually liked it immediately because of that. But it's funny that on those – but then I usually shoot a dish when I shoot a reflex-deflex. Like, yeah. I never –
2: like an extreme dish, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> I think I think when you you add that uh, deflex into the riser, it kind of mm-hmm. lends itself to that
0: that forward thing. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. totally.
1: Well, and see, I, I think I'm the I may be the odd one here. I I go back and forth. But like I've got I'm sitting here looking at my my bow rack in the in the room across from where I record at, and I've got uh, the majority of my bows are hill style bows. The majority of those have just the straight. Grip on them. It's probably my what I prefer, mm-hmm. but I've got uh, a Kramer Autumn that's got a slight dish to it. Um, I've got another one. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I've definitely got some of the. Uh, I've got two Jerry Hill. I've got a Wildcat, and I've got a. Um, I can't believe really I remember the name of the other one. Anyway, I've got I've got two different Jerry Hill uh, longbows, and both of those have the the slight dish grip. Okay. But I can tell you, I I really don't. I I will say I prefer the straight. I think, but I don't really pay much attention to either one. I shoot them both the same. I don't. I don't think about shooting that dish grip any differently. And I know I've I've heard some people that do. I I just I really don't even notice it. Um, So um, anyway, a little bit of a a tangent there, but uh, no, I mean grips are uh,
2: important, you know, and they're just you know just like the whole bow in general. I mean, it's it's they're so different for everybody. And uh, what feels great to one guy can feel terrible to the next. And uh, so, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm good with, you know, doing what a customer wants. As a matter of fact, a uh, guy uh, that won the uh, – I donated a boat to Michigan Traditional Bowhunters uh, Banquet this past winter as well as the Michigan Longbow Association Banquet. But uh, the winner of the MTB boat um, is actually coming over to the house uh, or shop on Saturday morning and uh, we're going to custom make that grip for him. He's actually going to be right in there with me and we're going to get that exactly how he wants it because he wanted a couple little things, you know, kind of a flat spot and a, and a, almost like a thumb rest type thing so mm-hmm. we're going to get that exactly how he wants it and go from there.
1: And I'm not a, I, I, I shoot some bows that have the locators. I, I, I do on a couple of recurves. Um, uh, in fact, I've killed two deer with a recurve. Everything else I've killed has been with longbow, but um, I just don't like the way it limits or I, f- I feel like it limits me and forces me into a, a very strict shooting style okay. um, to shoot them accurately, consistently. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like that. I'm a, I'm a much more, uh, well, I've talked about this multiple times. Everything I do about shooting a bow is about hunting mm-hmm. and the, the straight, the straight grip just I feel gives me the most flexibility and takes away um, m- more of the the rigidness of a shooting style. Okay. It's about, I don't know how to really explain it, but yeah, I think I get you know. Yeah, yeah, Steve,
2: Steve's
0: right. basically a stubborn old man, and he don't want nobody dictating <laughs> what he's doing, including his bows.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things with the uh, with that kind of reflex uh, deflex style bows, riser is uh, typically they're a little bit thicker. Um, through the through the width of the riser or I guess the depth of the riser um, so you almost have to put that dish in I mean you could do a hill style but because it's so thick it wouldn't it's it would feel weird it would feel like a block of wood almost yeah I mean like, because, yeah you, you wouldn't be you, because my riser blanks are two inches mm-hmm. you know two inches by one and one and three quarter uh, and the one and three quarter is my width that I start at so you know it's two inches deep and if I just tried to D or oval that it would uh, it or if I just tried to make it straight it would end up undercutting into the uh, into the shelf as well so um, that's why you know what you get with the with the semi dish it comes under the riser or the shelf a little bit but mm-hmm. it still provides a little bit of meat on the back side of it
0: yeah I can go back and forth pretty good between those two different mm-hmm. grips um, I've, I've shot some really comfortable blows that have that grips and, and and some other I think mass has a lot to do with it because I have a lot you know, longer fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, because any, anything I've shot, that's been really like almost a broomstick that had a little bit of a dish to me was just that one very comfortable because I could almost wrap my fingers around the whole thing. But right. actually my bow, um, I do have a pretty deep locator, but I also like the, the feel of that, that ovular grip like that. Mm-hmm. So my one side shaved, yep. it's actually got that, I don't even know what they call it. Um, but it's got that, it, it's dished, but it's flat on the other side. Yeah. So I almost get the best of both worlds yeah. there. And I, I don't that. feel like I'm changing my wrist at all. Right. So, yeah, we're really nerding out uh, about I'm, this.
1: <laughs> well, well, you're nerding out. I'm sitting here fuming from your last comment and realizing why we don't do these where you have the guests sitting beside you very often <laughs> because I can't mute you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> You don't mute me. <laughs> uh, I have I have considered it a time or two. <laughs> you're you're not that old, Steve. I'm just but, gi- I'm but, just giving you some crap. Uh, uh, oh no, I'm 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 on the uh, I'm on the I'm on the south end of being old, so that's all right. Uh, so David, the Manistee, Let's let's talk about your other your other models real quick, cause I do want to I do want to go ahead and make sure we get all of those out okay. there. You've mentioned you do longbows and recurves, so let's go through the you know what other longbows are you are you building first? Okay.
2: Um, well, to finish up on the Manistee, That what makes it a little bit different from the next one I'm going to bring up uh, is it's got a 22 inch riser, so it's got a really long riser, um, which it actually lends itself or not lends itself, but makes it have the same working limb length as my shorter bow, which has a smaller riser in it as well. Um, but it's a little bit more mass weight. Um, and so like if a guy's looking for something uh, more target style or something like that, which Ben, uh, the gentleman who won the MTB bow, wants to use it for competition and stuff like that. So we want a little bit more mass weight. Um, we decided to go with the, the Manistee just because it, the riser's bigger. Um, but then my my other uh, longbow model currently is the Arcadia. Um, that's got an 18-inch riser, so it's got a 4-inch shorter riser. Um, the limbs are a little bit wider, uh, not a ton. I think I'm running an inch and a – I think I'm an inch and a quarter and five-eighths limb widths on that uh, fade-out and limb tip. But uh, – and that one actually has uh, what we call a, a power wedge. It's actually got a reverse taper in one of the uh, laminations. So it uh, kind of has a, uh, you know, a lot of boyers are putting in limb tip wedges. It Essentially, the lamination puts that wedge in there. Yeah. Um, so, and I, that one I offer 58, 60, and 62 inches. Um, I've got a couple of those out in guys' hands right now. Uh, Willis Hawks here. I know you're familiar with Willis. Uh, mm-hmm. He picked one of those mm-hmm. up from me. Um, and he loves it. Uh, he's, uh, it, it's, kind of funny. I, I mean, I, I think they shoot well, you know, and, and, and everything. And I, I guess I'm kind of humble about it, but, uh, you yeah, he flat out said, he's like, dude, this is one of the top five bows I've ever shot. Um, and if you know Willis at all, that Willis shot a lot of bows. Yeah, he, he goes through <laughs> bows like uh, most people go through toilet paper. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you
1: said most people, not like Nick. <laughs> right. but most people,
0: Willis. It, it's funny talking about Willis. You no, know, it's true because every every year for GLLI, you passes uh, you pass his camper, and he's got a he's got a tarp out front and like a little booth. <laughs> And he's got, like, four (laughs) bows hanging up there and, like, a sign that says, like, Will Barter or Trade or Sell. (laughs) Yep. Yep, yeah, (laughs) It's a good time. And he just likes to go. He just likes to shoot a lot of bows.
2: Yeah. No, and I I shoot league with Willis, um, our our winter archery league. And uh, I swear every other week he's got a different bow in his hand. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what he's shooting next year. But I think it'll be in Arcadia. Yeah. but, uh, so that's the Arcadia. Uh, it's super smooth. The, the dishes or not the dish, the riser, um, grip profile is about the same, you know, but like I said, I can, I can do custom, you know, whatever you want. And then, uh, my last model that I'm currently offering is the Boardman recurve. It's a 50 style recurve. Um, and I'm offering that one 58, 60 and 62 inches as well. Um, it's got 20 inch riser on it. Um, and it's, it's just a really simple, pretty bow. Um, it, uh, and they shoot really well as, you know, as well.
0: Like the Boardman River. It's, that's it, a it's, that's
2: a great name. Yeah, And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a river I grew up fishing. Uh, my dad's family's from Traverse City. And so, you know, every year we go up and we fish the Boardman and, uh, all of my bow names, have, uh, currently have Michigan River, you know, names, uh, the Manistee River and also as well as the Manistee National Forest. Um, and then the Arcadia is named after the Arcadia River that flows through Kalamazoo, um, not the brewery. Not, well, but the brewery is named after the river. So. Brewery is named after the river. <laughs> um, and uh, I do have, like I said, I was, I was talking about earlier, that uh, that form that Mark was using on the Bubacto Sage Bowes that I'm going to play around with. Um, that one, uh, when that comes out, that'll be the Manitou. So, oh, very cool. So I like that, too. Um, and that one, that, I mean, that's pretty basic, uh, you know, 16-inch riser. I know that much, and I'm probably going to offer that one between 60 and 68 inches you know what two inch increments
0: very cool well. I, you know I, i've uh, i got to mess around with your. i didn't get to shoot them i'm going to actually after this podcast i get to shoot a few in the basement which is going to be awesome sorry you can't experience that steve but i'll tell you all about it um oh i'll be asking <laughs> the uh are you are you re i didn't see a recurve are your recurves the same kind of profile and the same kind of idea as the longbow as far as keeping it thin.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I'm probably thinner in the limbs than I should be. Um, that may change down the road, but right now I'm not having too much issue with it. Um, it's just taking me a little bit um, making, you know, like I said, there's a little bit more time consuming, making sure those limbs are tracking straight. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the narrowness of how, you know, how narrow I'm making them. Um, I've had a lot of talks with Jerry Brum about that. And uh, actually, jerry and bob both um and they've they've been instrumental in helping me um whenever i have a question if i need something and, and jerry's you know lickety split man he's going to tell me what he thinks and how you know how, I, mm-hmm. how he thinks i should do it and that's one of the things i love about jerry he's such she a great sure guy will. he's, he's um, yeah he's great he's a great man um <laughs>
1: yeah and but you're right don't don't ask him a question unless you want the answer because yep. yeah he he doesn't he doesn't pull punches. He'll tell you exactly mm-hmm. what he thinks. Which I I I look I'd much rather have that than somebody just you know tell me what they think. I want to hear.
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the. <laughs> on that note, I was uh, at the booth at Compton. There, um, you know, set up between you and uh, and and Three Rivers and. You know, I've known Dale for a long, long time, and, uh, of course, you know, new boy, you know, he knows me, and he he sees I'm making bows, and he's got to check them out and everything, and he's looking at them, and he likes them and everything, and, um, but at the same time, he's like, you know, he asked me what, you know, what my base price was, and I told him uh, what my base price had been at the time, and he kind of gave me that look, like, I'm like, okay, that's not a good look, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, Dale, what do you think they're worth, you know, and he... He gave me a, a, not what I wanted to hear, but what I needed to hear. And then he pointed out where he thought that I can improve. And it wasn't just pointing it out and saying, you know, you screwed this up and you screwed this up and you screwed this up. He's like, you're almost there, but you need, you know, like this is, these are the things where you can improve and this is how you do it. You know, he didn't just sit there and lambaste me. He, It, it was that cre- creative or constructive criticism that I want. You Know if mm-hmm. I'm not doing something, or you know, if, if somebody sees something in one of my bows, tell me. Um, I want you to be happy, and I, I, I want to, you know, I everybody's goal is to be the best boyer out there, um, and make the best bows available. Um, but that's I, I think that for me, that, that I that is who and what I want to be. You know, I, I want to be the best boyer out there, and it's not about notoriety or fame, but it's because i thrive on my attention to detail and you know my kind of ocd um i want i want to make sure those things are right and i want to make sure that people are happy with them now if you, you shoot my bow and you don't like it you know like i said you know everybody's got different tastes and not everybody likes you know how a certain bow shoots or how it feels but you know if you go and you shoot my bow and you're like, man, I really like the way this thing shoots, but you know, this, this little thing here, you see something, man, let me know. Cause we'll take care of it. And, uh, especially as a customer, you know, if you come to me and you know, you buy a bow and you get it and you know, I, you know, I really wish this was a little bit different here or, you know, it, that palm was a little bit too much or, you know, whatever, send it back. We'll fix it. We'll, uh, I'll get you taken care of. I'll get you squared away. So, yeah, just, and you know, and you're going to get feedback, at any level, no matter
0: uh-huh. how good you get. Uh-huh. I mean, there's – look at any thread started in any forum or on Facebook. What's what's the best bow? I, you know, I hate those. What's <laughs> oh the best God. bow? It's yeah. like, come on, really? But no, I mean, whenever anybody does that, you get people who will even complain about, you know, the top of the line guys who've been doing it forever about okay. their style. It's just not for them. That's the thing. You can't – I mean, you can't make everybody happy. But I thought it showed – I didn't know that you'd only been making it since 2018. Uh-huh. That shows a lot of courage to show up at Compton, have a booth, and have your bows there when there's like so many other bowyers there. You know what I mean? Like you showed up there, and you did it, and you put it out there. You, putting yourself out there is is that's important. Absolutely. Like, and you did it after. And I mean, it, like like you said, you're you're a paramedic. You got kids, yeah, stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, cranking out eight boasted, to bring to a show somebody might not think oh that's not that big of a deal but it is a big deal <laughs> yeah it, you know that's
2: what they um you know people people are shocked when i tell them i work 24-hour shifts on the truck and uh they're like holy cow 24 i'm like yeah but it, it allows me to spend time with my kids and allows me to get a little bit extra time in the shop mm-hmm. but because my kids are so young most of my time spent is dadding you know I'm, I'm parenting and uh and raising my kids when i'm not at work um but my mother-in-law retired uh, in December last year, and she's picked up and uh, it, helping out, uh, watching kids for us. And uh, she watches the kids an extra day a week so I can just have a solid day in the shop. And then, of course, I have to work every other weekend and then, you know, fill in that other other time with family times. Um, I, you know, I, it's tough to get in the shop and, and get work done. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, it was almost two weeks after Compton before I was actually able to get in the shop and and get something done. Now it was, it was bugging the heck out of me, but man, it got down there. and I spent, I don't know, 15 hours in the shop and it, there's, it was just a great feeling to get down there and make some sawdust fly and, and get it working.
0: Yeah. You were probably all kinds of motivated. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm going to get, man, I'm going to fix
2: this right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I did, you know, uh, the bow, the, the recurve I built for shad, um, He went out and he was shooting it and he was shooting it great, but I just kept looking at it. I'm like, man, that thing just isn't tracking right. And so I'm like, you know, hey, Chad, if you don't mind, man, uh, I'm going to take that home with me and uh, I'll I'll ship it back to you, but I want to get this thing right for you. And uh, it, I mean, it wasn't like the limb was way off, but there was just, it was like maybe a 30 second off on one of the knocks just needed to come in a little bit. And, you know, while we were at it, you know, he's like, one of the. It wasn't a gripe, but he's like, you know, hey, if you could bring in the front of that riser a little bit around the grip, you know, just kind of smooth that out a little bit, make it a little more tapered, that'd be great. And so I did. And, you know, and, you know, it, uh, I think, I think once he gets it back in his hands, he's going to love it. So, not that he didn't love it already. It's just, you know, those couple little intricacies that, you know, as with anything, you know, you get something, you, you put it in your hands, you're like, I mean, it feels good, but then you shoot it for a little bit and you're like, oh, well, maybe this could change a little bit or that could, you know, just kind of. I'm getting it fit in. So
0: well, There's guys that buy a new bow every single year and partially for that reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are still searching, no matter how old they are. You know, they yep. find something that they may think they've got what they want, but it's only because they haven't tried something else yet. Like I, even like that shaved grip on my bow, yeah. I never would have went for that five years ago. Right. I'm like, I just want a slight locator, big fat handle. I tried that um, because there was a stock bow on the rack and I mm-hmm. tried that and I was like, that's it. I want that, you know, that grip, and I was sure of it, and it, it fits me even better than the other one did. And I think it's it's kind of like, and you change when you shoot too. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. A lot of people change a little bit.
2: Yeah, there's something you know. Especially, well, you get that pressure, you know, mm-hmm. the the pressure comes into your hand because you don't get that shit sitting in a booth. You know, you can you can grab that, you know, you grab that bow, you can feel it. Man, that feels great. You can even draw it in the booth, but when you actually get out there, you put an arrow on the string and you you you, you know sling some feathers down the, you know, down range, the way that that, you know, the way the bow recoils into your hand, the way that it comes into your palm and everything, you know, just the way you grip, it's a little bit different because all of a sudden you're in game mode versus, you know, practice mode. And, you know, so yeah, like you said, it, it changes, you know, when you shoot. So I, I think that that's, that's very true. And I think that, like I said, that's kind of where, you know, I wanted to make that right for Shad because, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, I want to make that right for anybody.
0: Yeah, well, you know the other thing is when a, when a bowyer tells you, to, "Hey, you, you like that? You want to go shoot it?" Mm-hmm. It's not just because they're trying to sell you the bow. It's like, "Are you sure you like it? Right? You should go shoot it." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Because you can't pick up a bow and just say, "Oh, yeah, this feels great." Here's six hundred dollars. Right. You know, like you're just asking for it.
1: But well, you know, I can't uh, I can't say much because I've got way more bows than I can ever <laughs> use. Um, but you, you're talking about, you know, people constantly searching for that, that next best bow. Um, you know, Jason Sam Kowiak did a podcast on that. I don't know. It's been a few months back and I actually listened to it intently. And I really think he struck on something there when he, what he was basically saying was, you, you know, a lot of these people that just constantly buy new bows, which boyers love, uh, (laughs) but when they're, you know, they're, they're constantly buying new bows and it's, they're, they're looking for, for whatever reason, the next level of accuracy. And you hear them talking about, man, I, I just bought this bow and I'm shooting it lights out. And, uh, and, and Jason, basically what he was saying was when you get that new bow, you force yourself to return to your roots. So you're, you're focusing on how you're gripping the bow, how you're anchoring, how you're really putting a lot of focus on how you're shooting. And then once you get comfortable with that bow, you start getting sloppy. Yeah. And then you start feeling like, well, this bow's not shooting as well for me as it used to. And then they go buy a new bow and like, oh man, this is the best shooting bow I had. So I do think <laughs> there's some of that um, with a lot of people that just they're constantly looking for that next best bow. Um, but again, I, I know I, I know boyers love those people, and, and there is a lot of fun in getting a new bow. It's it's like buying a new car, a new fishing rod. Or there's a lot of fun that just comes with buying a new, getting a new bow. Mm-hmm. So no, it's a
2: it's a great uh, feeling waiting. You know, well, <laughs> I don't know about the feeling of waiting, but when it shows up on your on, on your porch in that big brown <laughs> big brown box, man, there's not not a better feeling right. in the world.
0: Yeah, inspiration for me usually means money spent, which is yeah. usually a problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, David, real quick, I, I want to ask you just one, one more thing of, as far as the, the bow, and then I want to spend just a few minutes chatting with you a little bit about about hunting. But um, for fe- for folks that are trying to, to find you, I know you have a, a Facebook page. Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook.
2: Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my website's currently under construction. Um, a test version of it should be up this weekend. Um but uh, hopefully in the next week or two, I'll, uh, the website will be live. Uh, you'll be able to place orders directly through the website, um, or you know. But it's always you know I, I always recommend that if you want to order a bow, definitely you know give me a holler. My uh, my phone number's out there. Uh, heck, I give it to you right now. Uh, but uh, it's out there. Hit me through hit me through Facebook. It, it's nice to be able to actually talk to somebody to make sure they're getting exactly what they want. Uh, sure, you know it is there's a lot of new guys coming into t- traditional archery as well and uh, I think for them it, it I, I would it would behoove them to give me a holler and uh, we'll talk about exactly what you want uh, versus you just slapping some some numbers into uh, into the online order form and sending it in because you know you may not you may not be as happy with the product as if you actually call and talk to me and we'll get you set up squared way sure. uh, with exactly what you're looking for
1: and I'll include a link to the Facebook page in the show notes for this episode. And uh, once you get a, once you get your website up and running, I'll be sure to. I'll, well, I'll I'll do my level best to try to remember in a, <laughs> a future episode just to mention it in the intro. Uh, once you get the, episode, the the website, or maybe you already know what the URL. Yeah, yep, be. yeah, I've I've
2: got the URL. It's uh, KZU K-Zoo, KZOO Bowworks uh, dot com. Okay, there
1: you have it. So. Uh, if you go out looking for the website and you can't find it, check again in a week or so. And like I said, I'll be sure to include the link for the Facebook group in the show notes. And, and I can update that later once the, the website's live. I'll go in and throw it back in the show notes awesome. as well and make sure people can find you. Yeah. Um, so And and I'm, I'm anxious to hear Nick. I'll get a full report the next time we chat. And uh, I'm looking forward to shooting one myself.
2: Well, um, send me your address. I'll send you one.
1: Uh, I no, I'm not going to ask you to do that. We, we'll, we'll, we'll get plus it's man. I got a month for hunting season. I can't, I'll get sidetracked, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I do. I, I am looking forward to it. So, uh, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see you. I don't know. I don't know where, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some options for some other shows to attend. Uh, I would love to come to GLLI, but that's not in the cards this year, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll make it for that, but... Uh, well,
0: yeah, we're uh, we'll we're talking K-Zoo, aren't we? Possibly. We're now? talking K-Zoo, aren't we? Possibly. The uh, expo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. definitely plan on being there. No, um, I'll be
2: at the expo. And, uh, and right now, my plan is... I don't know if I'll, I'll have a booth, but I'm, I'm my plan is to make it down to the Big Game Classic, which is down in Gainesville, right down in your area. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, cool. So...
1: Yeah, we're. I'm probably gonna skip the Michigan Longbow uh, Association banquet this year and start, you know, alternating that for the expo each year. And I've already talked to uh, Bob. I'm gonna be doing a, a string building uh, seminar while I'm there, uh, letting people if they want to, you know, uh, basically they're paying the cost of the materials to, to come in and, and build make their own string. Nice. So um, we haven't gotten all the details about that straightened out yet, but that that is the plan for the expo uh, in 20. 20- Winnie. so but uh let's talk about hunting for just a little bit and then i you know i don't want to i don't want to keep you too late david Uh, but uh my 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 first question is going to be um have you have you managed to to be successful with with one of the bows that you've you've made since you uh took over or bought the equipment and so forth back from from uh mark
2: uh no i haven't been uh well i haven't actually been able to hunt with one (laughs) um like i said i uh I started, uh, like I said, it was December last year. So I mean, I've only been doing this for yeah. About you didn't eight have months. much time, man. and um, right. The first bow I made was for my dad. Um, figured that was kind of only right, and uh, but uh, and then I didn't get out at all during turkey season because I was getting ready for uh, Compton, trying to knock bows out. So I didn't get to take uh, take Semper Fi out with me, uh, which is my bow. Uh, it was I, I initially did it as a uh, as a uh, prototype. I. I Laid uh, marpat. I, I took a, a pair of uh, Marine Corps issue uh, fatigue pants and uh, sliced them up, and I uh, laid that fabric under the glass uh, as a test run to see how that uh, that would work for the bow that I'm building for Ben. Um, <clears throat> so I named her Semper Fi, with Marine Corps heritage. But uh, yeah, I haven't been That's able awesome. to. Uh, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been able to get her out and uh, and fling arrows at anything that wasn't foam yet. So. But, uh, she's shooting great and, uh, she's holding up really well. So I went ahead and I, uh, Ben's bow was laid up, uh, with the same, I uh, got the limbs profiled on that. And he's, he's really excited to get that and, and start shooting. So, but, uh, this fall, uh, I'll definitely be, as long as somebody doesn't buy my bow, uh, chasing something with, uh, with my Manistee. And, uh. <laughs> then uh, my dad uh he's gonna be taken in arcadia out to montana elk hunting this year and then uh, like i said i got a few few bows in other guys hands and uh, hopefully something to, hopefully animals will be dropping uh with kbw stuff so that's awesome you
1: you do you have any any hunts planned yourself outside of michigan or are you just be hunting michigan
2: uh, well? just be hunting michigan this year we're uh we're due with with baby uh november 21st so uh I November 21st. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody didn't do the math on that. Planning. Well, you know, I've got an October and a <laughs> December baby already. Why not throw one in November? But, uh, <laughs> hey, you're going to going to go broke on birthdays, you know. <laughs> and it's So Christmas
1: I say that. that with you David in 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 uh in in a special brotherhood because my daughter's birth date November 14th. Mm-hmm. Right? Smack dab in the middle of the road. Yep, yep. And uh you know my
2: my wife has a history of going uh, going into labor one to two weeks early so i'm i'm figuring it'll it'll be november 15th it'll be it'll be right in the middle of, of you know good pre-rot to rot action that we're going to have listen yeah.
0: to this guy he's got you know with five he's got a pattern <laughs> he's not talking about you know What's somebody somebody talks thing. about the first pregnancy and they're like well the first one and then with me i have two the second one was completely different than the first
2: <laughs> And he's just got, like, it all charted down, all yeah, the notes. I mean, it's pretty much. Well, you know, it comes to the medical profession. but uh, That's true. That's, that's a cool thing. I actually got to deliver. Uh, I assisted in the first delivery. And then uh, I actually got to deliver my second and third children. children and uh, Katrina, my last, my fourth uh she's uh she was a little bit more complicated so the the ob took care of that one but that was pretty cool actually getting well, that's to, a really to that's my, a really special cool thing though yeah. man and you know it's funny because there's a lot of guys that are like man i i, I don't even want to see that and i'm like man it was, it was probably one of the coolest things that i've ever done in mm-hmm. my life and uh but uh you know the benefit of of that is that uh, my wife will be on maternity leave <laughs> during the rest of the hunting season so uh I, and it, it worked out when we had Katrina in December, where I actually got to hunt a little bit more in December, um, just because she was home.
0: Yeah, well you you won't have a you won't even need you won't be sleeping anyway. You might as well just go out into the woods. Yeah, exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, the plan was I was gonna um, initial plan was to hunt Manitou Island with uh, John Doyle this uh, this October November. I'm do a special hunt up there, and uh, I've had some pretty good success up there. It's a uh, it's any weapon i've always just taken a rifle up there because that's what everybody else is using and i figure when in rome and uh, it's a little bit different you know mm-hmm. to go up and, and tote around a center fire rifle um but it's enjoyable i still you know i treat it you no know, I, I hunt the same as i would with a longbow mm-hmm. and um it uh it's but you know then we uh ended up getting pregnant and that kind of the wife's like there's no way you're going on that hunt the, the last week of october when uh, i'm due the you know third week in november so uh, and uh, so i've kind of squashed any plans for this year so i'll just be hunting a couple parcels i've got and chasing whitetails and so you mentioned turkeys yeah you going turkey you gotta go turkey hunting next year that's the plan as long as i'm not uh, tied up in the shop but you gotta go uh, bow or shotgun always bow always bow yep. yeah that's dad that boy there yep. you go. That's fun. Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, it uh, I'd actually gotten out of turkey hunting for a while. I, I did it quite a bit when I was in high school and for a couple of years after. And then I just, you know, got busy and, and I've <sighs> never been real successful with it. The only turkey I ever killed is actually with a shotgun. Uh, fall season I killed a hen um, back when I was still in high school. Um, <laughs> I ended up just setting up right underneath the roost. There's a whole darn flock. There's was like 40 birds Got in there at 5 a.m., set up, and I was wearing a leafy suit, you know, one of the old school ones. Sure. And uh, just set up in the leaves against a big old down tree, and they all came down around me, and um, but shot her but uh, with a shotgun. But other than that, um, you know, I never really had a lot of success in the last couple of years. I've said, you know what? to heck with it i'm gonna i'm gonna get up get back out there and 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 try it again and um had a lot of fun so
0: that's the thing with turkey hunting the success is just hunting i i think if you can call them in you're Mm -hmm. you're and you're on them the whole time you're out there and you got even a shot opportunity or you're close to a shot opportunity you're doing pretty good if you're hunting that way um I can't wait to get back out there in Turkey season again this year. Um, are you, do you use blind or do you like to blind like to a little bit and blind? Yeah. Yep. It's hard either way you do it. Cause yeah. if you set a blind up, you could just be in
2: the wrong spot. And yeah, exactly. Never, they never do what you want them to do anyway. No, no, they're, uh, they're, they're feckle birds. You know, they're the smartest dumb animal I know. Um, <laughs> <They're> uh, <laughs> when I was hunting in North Dakota and I, you know, I know Merriam's are different than, uh, than Easterns, but, uh, I was hunting in North Dakota back in 2003 with my dad and, uh, a buddy from, uh, from Wisconsin. And uh, we were saying it was spot and stock or they had some, uh, had a couple ground blinds and uh, we brought some tree stands to hang as well. But spot and stock for muleys and whitetails out there uh, in the Missouri breaks. And uh, I was sitting at this ground blind and uh, the, the rancher, it was a, this is an outfitted hunt. We did everything on our own, but the rancher had gone and thrown some grain out in front of this box blind that he, you know, set up or whatever. And I had a sticking whole flock of merriams come in. There was like, I don't know, 10 or 12 birds. And uh, they're eating all the damn grain. And I was like, what the heck? You know, like, so I'm like, hey, get out of here. Get out of here. You know, just trying to get them the heck out of there. And they're like, yeah, no, we're we're completely content. And uh, so I stick my arm out, you know, because normally Eastern, you know, you stick your arm out of the blind, they're gone. <laughs> You're 30 yards downrange. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, these things are 10 yards from me, not even. And, uh They're thinking, you know, they look over, they're like, eh, whatever. They go back to just doing what turkeys do. And uh, finally, I stuck my whole half of I stuck my, poked my head out. I'm like, hey, get. And they're like, yeah, whatever. I finally stuck my whole half of my body out. And I'm like waving my arms out through the darn window on this blind. And they're like, oh, we should probably leave now. (laughs) Like, man, I should have brought a fall turkey
0: tag for out here. Man, if that would have been on film, that would have been an instant classic. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. you know, on on uh, on the other the, uh, the the kids' note though. Mm-hmm. So, do you think you'll end up ever
2: building any bows for your kids? You know, I've had a lot of people ask me if I'm going to start building kids' bows. I know um, it's a completely different world. It's it, like- it, it is. Um, and my honest answer is probably not. There's some people out there that make an amazing that make amazing kids' bows. Are, um, and and yeah. honestly. Um, uh, my really good friend Tracy Belowski absolutely know, in St. Joe River makes so my one, kids one hell of a hell of a yeah. nice uh kids bow in that otter. And uh, all my kids have otters and um uh I don't think I'd I don't even want to compete with her. I don't wanna mm-hmm. do it. I, I I think that she's got a she's got a great product and I don't think I could improve upon it at this point. So at this point, no, I have no plans for kids, Bo. It, it is, they are fantastic and they, you know,
0: really care about the, mm-hmm. about youth archery. So they that's do. really cool. No, and, and I love
2: that about it. And uh, like I said, I just, I wouldn't want to take any business away from them. And I don't think I could really improve upon their product anyway. So mm-hmm.
1: So um, you, you mentioned you had a couple of uh, tracks there in Michigan that you hunt. Mm-hmm. And it may be that, um, I may actually get to to run into you this fall. I'm, I'm still holding out that I may, uh, make it up to Michigan to hunt some this fall. Um, just depends on how the, the college transition goes, mostly for my wife, not for my daughter. (laughs) My daughter will be fine. Um, but, uh, if I, if I do make it up that way, I'll definitely let you know, maybe we can, uh, get together for coffee or uh, oh, dinner or something while I'm up definitely. there. But, uh,
2: Maybe I'll take you out and put you in a tree stand.
1: I wouldn't complain at that. <laughs> I, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd love being in a tree stand,
2: no, especially if I don't have to hang it. You know, right? <laughs> no, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's sad. I've kind of, I've, lost most of my hunting partners. My dad moved, uh, you know, he used to live down in Kalamazoo with us and uh, now he's he's here north of Nick. I mean, he's almost two hours away from me, so I don't get to hunt with him very often. And, uh, you know, my buddy's got a shoulder injury, so he doesn't hunt anymore, at least bow hunt very much. And plus he's a chef, so he works nights, which makes makes it tough. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've got, and and I do all my own tree stand setups. uh, I mean, dad comes down and helps with that and he occasionally comes down and hunts with me, but uh, yeah, always, always down to take somebody out. Very cool.
1: So, well, I love, I love coming up there the, the both, both years that I've hunted up there. I've, I've been very close. In fact, um, last year, uh, had success on, a uh, semi success on a nice little buck. The, the, the weather wreaked havoc on us. We, it, uh, I didn't know Michigan had monsoons. Huh. Uh-huh. So I Pretty yeah. much got hit with one. Um, uh, we
2: had one yesterday about, about
1: five about five minutes after i released an arrow the bottom fell completely out oh, but anyway that's, that's um tough. it's uh i love i actually love hunting up there and i'm I, I really believe the next trip i make will be my year um in the area that we hunt i've got no, a couple different sections of it pretty well um so but yeah I, I i don't know if i if i don't make it this year i will definitely make it back up there next year cool. so well, David, I think we uh, we we've kind of beat this one into submission. I, I I really enjoyed having you on. We uh we'll have to we'll have to touch base with you, uh, maybe maybe this time next year, if not before, and and see how things are are going with the, the bows and with the with the potential successes from your your customers this fall. Uh, and just you yeah, know, we'll fi- we'll figure out something to to chat about. But I uh, really do appreciate you you taking the time to join. Well,
2: us. and I really appreciate you having me on it uh it's been it's been fun uh yeah i could <laughs> heck i could do this for another hour
0: uh, yeah i know it's <laughs> we always end up feeling that way too we're like man we could just talk for till 11 30
1: yeah but <laughs> yeah, well, what's that what's that old, old saying always leave them wanting more yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah so we'll uh we'll 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 probably definitely do this again and who knows maybe we'll uh Maybe we'll put you on the list for a, a, a sync-up at, at Compton's next year, and we'll we'll record one face-to-face with all three of hey, us. Yeah, hey,
0: that'd be fun. Yeah, it would be really cool to do, like, an annual checkup with you after uh, yeah. coming off Compton not too long ago. That would be neat.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. It re- really would. Well, Nick, thank you as always, sir. Yeah,
0: no problem, man.
1: And for everyone else listening in, thank you for uh, – for joining us again. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Please take the time to leave us a rating and review. And again, we, uh, we invite you to uh, purchase one of our shirts, show off the traditional outdoors name, help spread the word and uh, help us keep this thing moving forward and, and bringing more content to you until next week. Thanks so much, everyone. Take care.